In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, who is the Y generation, and why are they so significant and distinct? Welcome to GirlfriendIt, where we want to rally you daily to do the remarkable. This is Patty and Lisa, and today we are going generational. Well, we are going generational because for the first time in history, we have four generations working together. What does that What does that mean, four generations working together? What well, does that look like? Okay, so I am um, a very young baby boomer. Very let me, young. Let me very add young. You are either a very young baby boomer or you're an old um, <laughs> generation Xer. Yes. And today we're going to be talking about the Y generation. And when we said why are they so significant, it's because there's about 80 million of them. Wow. Around there. They're going to take over then. I they? think they're going to take over. So I think we have to be really nice to them. And our sound engineer, um, Carrie, is a Y generation person. So we have to definitely be nice yes. talking about them today. Yes, we really, really do. <laughs> she because, might unplug us. Huh? Because we need them <laughs> in our lives a lot. But, you know, we were doing, um, just talking about them, it's really significant because you and, you and I both have children who are in that Y generation, but we're very young. Yeah, um, yes, to be well, having them. They're also called the millennials or the echo generation because they are the baby boomers' babies. So the baby boomers, you know, obviously there was a boom there, and then now for them <laughs> to have kids, that's why we have 80 million of them. Even though at the during the baby boomer time there were five or six, ten kids, and then they slowed it down and went to two to three kids. Yes, but you still that's. That's the math is there. Exactly. Well, and some experts say that the, the dates for the Y generation are, are um, people born between 1980 and 1995, but it can also be extended. So there's debate. So we're talking about that age group and how significant they are and how distinct because they really are, they view life differently, they communicate differently, they have different life experiences than what we grew up with, and we were kind of having fun about that. With that, because we were kind of going down remember when, and um, some things that we remember that the Y generation has no clue They about. won't even know what we're talking about. No. And even this morning, we had a perfect example of the difference, because communication is everything, and we have to understand each generation, because each generation has their own lens on life and how they communicate, and if we don't get this down... We're going to be talking, like, over each other. Well, and you asked our sound producer, hey, you just got back from vacation. I want to see your pictures. And her first response is, 
They're on Facebook, silly. I have over 100 of them on Facebook. And it's like, but of course you do. And I just need to go to Facebook. So it's even training because, you know, that's not as intuitive. If you're going to connect, you need to be on Facebook and go look at the pictures. Exactly. And they're not going to whip them out of their purse and show them to you. No, they're not. They're not carrying them in the photo album in their purse like, you know, like some of the older baby boomers do, not me, but some of the older baby boomers. And um, because we now have them just on our phones. You know, here's, here's my photo album, my camera roll. On my cell phone. Okay, speaking of your camera roll, that's another thing that the Y generation will not have. I mean, remember, I remember my dad distinctly showing me how to put a roll of film in the camera and how you had to turn it just right and you couldn't open it up because you would expose all the pictures. Then you had to go put it in a little envelope at the store and it might take a week to two weeks, I don't know, days. And if you paid double, you could get a rush, you know, have it. Rush oh, like yeah. in 24 to 36 hours. And when it went to an hour, you had to pay double for that. But when it went for, you could get them processed in one hour, that was like the coolest thing ever. I know. You were able to see them in an hour. And then you would take your Christmas pictures and you'd be so excited. So you would get them processed and pay the double, you know, to get them yep. done in an hour. And you wouldn't like the entire roll. No. Whereas now you take a picture, you look at it and you go, hmm, I don't like that one. Do it. Yeah. Delete it. It's just so instant, and I think that's one of the characteristics of this generation is they so multitask and they're overstimulated, and they have so many of this electronic things that we didn't even have. Speaking of that, I remember in high school, you would take a typing class. You, you remember that? I do. I remember taking a typing class. Now it's called keyboard uh, or keyboarding or whatever they do, and keyboard to us back then meant like the piano keys. You know, you yes. play the piano keys. Yes. Now, a keyboard is yeah. a computer. But, um, and so just understanding these little differences, because you can be saying something, but you can be meaning two different things. And unless we understand, yeah, it makes a difference. Well, and you said, you know, just the instant when we, watch, when we take a picture, you instantly get to see that picture. And that is why the Y generation, it's all about instant gratification. It's all about right now, today. And I think that's some of the hardest things is to tell your kids you need to wait. And that's why credit card debt and everything else, it's, we see it as a negative, like, okay, they are just spiraling out of control because everything has to be mm-hmm. instant. It's that microwave society that they have no patience. But they see it as, this is fabulous. I, I love the instant gratification. I love that if I don't love my work today, I have an opportunity to go get another job tomorrow. Exactly. They're not going to get stuck, whereas we go, we settled. Yeah. You know, we've settled this generation kind of like if I don't like something, I'm just going to, I'll endure it, I'll wait it out, where this one's like, if I don't like it, I'm moving on. And we're going to get into some of this later with our guests, some of the characteristics and the difference, like their work ethic, how they view religion, how they view all these things, because they totally have a different lens from what they've watched us and, and former generations do, then they've went, oh, not so much on that, yeah. or I'm going to, you know, kind of correct, course correct this. Yeah, I'm so excited about our guest, Ryan Bennett, because he is just fabulous in what he has to share on the Y generation. And you know what, going back to, um, I have to, when you did your Remember When in, in high school, which I don't, I don't know if I ever took typing, and it's probably why I can barely... I didn't want to because I thought I would never use it, and my mom made me, and then here we are. We yeah, use computers. It, it yeah. paid off. But um, going back, right now, I believe there's probably like 800 channels on the television. That's probably a low, a low count. <laughs> um, when we grew up, you had... 
three, maybe. Maybe there was five if you had an extra antenna with, you know, facing Russia or something like that. <laughs> um, but I think they called rabbit ears or yeah, something. Yeah, you had the rabbit ears. And I, at one point when we watched Planet of the Apes on Saturday, my brothers would pay me to hold the rabbit ears a certain way. Like I had to lift them up and hold them facing yes. somewhere. And some people put, like, aluminum foil on them. Yes. And um, you had the three channels, and I remember it was, like, Three's Company, Partridge Family, you know, uh, Dark Shadows. Well, you only had the major networks, you know, like CBS, ABC, NBC, all those, and that's all you got. But you connected on that level because everybody had the same channel. Everybody's watching the same thing. Someone could be watching HDTV. Someone else is watching sports. Somebody else is watching Discovery you know, law and order, where you don't necessarily have that same connection through television, although everybody probably has the same connection through Facebook, not so much in what we're viewing and what we're relating to. In that well, way. in talking to TV, it was even before the remote control. We cannot imagine living without a remote control because it goes back to that instant gratification. I don't like that or I don't like that um, that commercial. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it right away. And okay, you used I, to have to get up and would be and argue, okay, who's going to get up and change the channel? Because you literally had to physically get up and turn the dial. I have a funny story that doesn't put you in your best light. Oh, so no. I'm, I'm not going to ask for permission. I know. I know. what this. <laughs> I think. I'm, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I just, speaking of remote control, I remember one day we had a significant meeting to be at. And I was there, and I, I was in that panic mode because we were casting the vision. And um, you called me, and you said, I'm not going to be able to make it. I cannot. <laughs> this is not seeing me my best life. <laughs> when I go outside to unlock my door, it just beep. It won't beep. It won't unlock my car door. <laughs> and I kind of panicked there. I was standing there thinking, you mean someone can't take you, you know, to the meeting? Can you get a ride from somebody else? Is there anybody you can call? And all these things were playing in my mind because it was like, no, you don't understand. You've got to be here at this meeting. And you cannot sit there and blame your little remote beep, beep, beeper. My battery went. My there. battery died. Your battery died. Yes. And so all of a sudden it occurred to me, uh, hello, Lise, can you take the key and unlock <laughs> your car door and use the key to start your car? Like we, we did in the old days. We were howling. Like how soon, when, once you do get used to technology. It's automatic. Everything's you automatic. You get that you have a car key. Hello, open up the door. <laughs> That was so funny. I, yeah, and I felt like I am an idiot, yes, because, oh, a key, what a novel idea. It still works in the lock. Yeah. Well, there's so many things um, that we, you know, can go remember when that our kids don't even have a clue about. And that's what's so funny, because we really do have to understand these things and the difference between the Y generation and the X generation, because, as we know, when you go into, you know, whether you're at a team and at, and at your job or with a ministry team, whatever, you generally have several generations sitting around the table. Yeah. And it matters because there's different expectations around the table. The Y generation is going, this better be riveting, this better be fast, this better be, you know, ADD, you know, meet my ADD, where, an, you know, a, a generation baby boomer or whatever is like, I don't need all that, and I don't even understand that. I just want to sit here with my pen and paper and take notes. Exactly. And they're there with their iPad, their cell phone, their Mac, you know, in three different multitasking. They can look up Internet sites as well as hear what you're saying as well as type their notes. 
And take a picture of the, of the group, too. <laughs> and post it on Facebook and write and get a whole conversation going on with their friends. Highly yes. gifted, highly talented. <laughs> so it does matter that we understand these things because we are, like we said earlier, there are, for the first time in history, there are four generations living together. And we're living together, we're working together, we're playing together, and we're trying to figure out life together. So we got to understand each other. we got to get this right. And I think this Y generation is so... Um, interesting because for us, a lot of this technology is not intuitive. We've had to learn it, and we've had to totally change our paradigm, where for them, it's they've grown up under it. It's just so natural. And we created it. When you really think about it, we're the ones that created yes, them. Yes, we did, didn't we? Yes. We're the ones that came up with Sesame Street for them to have the ADD in learning, where they're so bored when they're in the classroom with teachers. But we are definitely so excited to hear a little bit more about this. And we have Ryan Bennett. He's a youth pastor from Sunnybrook. And we soon we will hear more from him. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Whether you're four and a half or 100, you can retrain your brain. Learning Rx, the radio show, is on Togginet.com. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time with Martin Kruger. Learning RX programs are quick, they're efficient, they're life-changing, and they're permanent. Unlike tutoring, cognitive skills training or brain training targets the root issue causing learning struggles. Time and money spent on chronic tutoring is a clear signal of cognitive skill deficiency. That's where Learning RX comes in. Call today, 903-617-6899. 903-617-6899. Then join us for the show here every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And take advantage of the power it holds to improve your life. There are so many brain training issues that Learning RX can help you with. It's not a product, it's an experience. So join us for Learning RX, the radio show with Martin Kruger. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism. The historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years? How can we hold on to what we hold dear? And the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. 
And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriend It. We're Lisa and Patty, and we have a very special guest today from Sunnybrook Church. And Ryan Bennett is a youth pastor. Hello, Ryan. How's it going, guys? Good. And you know what? I did get on Facebook, and I did see that you just had a baby. <laughs> we did. We did. Got a little uh, three-week-old right now, Easton. Aw, so is Easton your only child? Easton is our second. We have a uh, two-year-old Alexis. Okay, so we have Alexis and Easton, and we do not know what generation that they're going to be called, right? (laughs) Yeah, for real, for real. (laughs) All of the Y generation that is now going to be raising the next generation, we only have Z is left because it went from X, Y, Z. I don't know why they started so late in the alphabet. (laughs) Well, well, I think it was... uh... I'm a late Xer, so that that'll that'll date me. And I think it was kind of we were the unknown generation, so kind of the X factor in you know algebra or whatever. We were we were Generation X. They didn't know what to expect from us. I think is what oh, that was. Oh, okay, okay. Because yeah, I'm I'm just like shy, skidding in there, and I never did know why I, it was the X generation. And weren't we also called the Me generation? I I have no clue. I, I I remember X. I remember people talking about us as X when I was in high school. So that's really the extent of what I remember hearing about our generation. Yeah, and I only remember me because it's all about me. So <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, we are so excited to have you on the show. And I actually heard you speak at a youth camp at CIY, and you were just fabulous in your passion on um, just sharing tips on the Y generation, why it's so important to know more about the Y generation and what what we do with this information. And so many times we're just blindly moving forward and either, you know, we're excusing the behavior or um, we just don't know where it's rooted and what it's coming from. And instead of embracing it and going, okay, how do we all work together? Yeah. And especially with raising our kids, yeah. um, how we take the Y generation and really help them and move them to the next level. So we have so many questions, but... First of all, um, and I guess to interrupt because Patty's on caffeine, so she's not breathing when she talks. So every once in a while, I'll try to get a word in. But I, we really want to hear from you a lot on this white generation. <laughs> and um, we're just loving it because Patty came came back just raving about you and this whole conversation about the white generation. And um, it, it really is significant. And there's so many, like, statistics about it that are just amazing. So can you yeah. kind of tell us some of the things that really define the Y generation? Well, I was, I was kind of like you guys with this. I mean, I've, I've worked with, with youth in one form or another for about the past 10 years, and I think I was just kind of, you know, morphing with them and changing with them as the years had gone on and never really thought and reflected why they are who they are and, and, and what's got them to this point. So really a lot of the material that I uh, had talked about at the CIY conference is coming from uh, the book IY Generation. So uh, it's not my own material by, by no means, but it's, a, it's definitely uh, helped given me a better perspective on, uh, on who they are. But, yeah, as you guys were saying earlier, just the uh, large amount of numbers uh, that take place with this generation uh, – to think that I think it's something around half the world's population is under 25 years old, um, and even within that, um, you know, a third of that is this generation that we're talking about. Anywhere from from a nine-year-old to probably a 25 to 27-year-old is this Y generation or IY generation, uh, so to speak. So yeah, it's it's a large amount of our society, and to think that. 
Uh, they're the ones graduating college right now, moving into the workplace. You guys have already uh, talked about how we are all uh, working together from baby boomers uh, all the way down to an IY. So uh, it's it's pretty staggering to think about. Well, one thing I, I think you had mentioned um, this this generation. A perfect example is how they do birthdays. Uh, that a birthday, it's all about them. They, this is a huge day for them, and it's not only a day, it's a month, because they want it to be completely celebrated, unique, and do something different. And we were just laughing because as parents, we created this generation to celebrate their birthday that way. <laughs> and so that's just so interesting because, yeah, when we were, at least for me, um, you know, I my my sister had her birthday a few days before I did. My mom would sit us on the you know camp bench during the summertime and give us a carrot cake and sing happy birthday. It wasn't that big of a deal. So you wonder if our you know generation it wasn't that big of a deal to celebrate your birthday. So we went out of our way to make it all about them. So now they're used to that. That's what yeah. they're accustomed to. And so you know it should be a national holiday on there. My my nine year old actually asked me that. How come I have to go to school on my birthday? Because they think wow. that it should you know, everybody should celebrate. It should, mm-hmm. everybody should be off on my birthday. Well and I learned that with my with my daughter in law. She birthdays are really, really significant to her. I mean for everybody, not just her, so that she throws, you know, a party for my you know, my son and her and the kids and, and all of us. And so I have learned that that really is significant to her and so I make birthdays a really big deal because that's their love language. And it is interesting because I I actually had my son. He was born on my birthday. So all of my um, early adult years, I I sacrificed my birthday for my son. <laughs> and, um, and you just kind of go, eh, it's okay. But it is it is different with that, um, with that lens of life. Yeah, it's like so you, how uh, is that you, you, in with doing youth? How is it with their birthdays? Do you feel like, okay, i got to knock it out of the park? I can't just sing happy birthday to them? Uh, man, honestly, I just, at this point in the game, like we're saying, I, I leave it up to Facebook. I mean, <laughs> ever before have you had so many friends uh, or acquaintances that, that, you know, with numerical friends that they have on Facebook wishing you happy birthday because... It's on the World Wide Web now. Everyone everyone knows when, when your birthday is. Instead, before it was just, you know, your closest friends actually knew, you know, when your birthday was and would tell you happy birthday. And that's a really good point because I've had friends who have been so deflated because nobody remembered their birthday. Well, now, yeah, it's a World Wide Web. Everybody's going to know it's your birthday. You can get a happy birthday from China even though you've never met the person. <laughs> Yeah, I've actually heard the the reverse start to happen where uh, people don't have a Facebook or don't don't have their birth date on their on their Facebook account, and when their birthday comes and goes, and people were like, "Oh, I didn't know it was your birthday," or "I didn't see it on Facebook," and they're like, "Yeah, I don't I don't have it on there." <laughs> yeah, because they don't want to get inundated. It is overwhelming <laughs> when all of a sudden you know you're just getting all these happy birthdays in your email account. Okay, so what are some other things that you would suggest like just great tips to know about the Y generation. Oh man, that's uh that's some that's some good pressure there. Um <laughs> I think I think for us as adults we've got to realize uh what we're what we're teaching them, what we're encouraging with them with, um skills for the future, whether it's you know you're a teacher or uh, or a youth coach or a youth minister like myself. Um just knowing that they need a little bit more to life than 
um, than what we have sugar-coated up to this point, I think. Because um, I, I think one of the huge tips I, uh, I remember from the book was, uh, you know, you can walk into any uh, 9, 10, 12-year-old kid's room and he's got trophies galore. And it's not necessarily from winning anything, right? It was for participating. Yeah. And so they think they should be rewarded simply for participating in an event or I should get a raise six months into my job because I've showed up every day to work instead of, um, you know, working on excelling, working on um, leadership and, and doing more than, than just kind of the minimal. I mean, and that's that's really what our society uh, society has done, kind of the, uh, I guess, I guess you call them lies, you know, lies that we've told our kids that, um, you know, you can be anything you want to be. You can, uh, you're, you're special. It's all about you. And that's kind of what they've gotten, uh, they're wrapped up in their mentality with. Well, Ryan, don't you think that we have really tried to go overboard to create an atmosphere where they're happy all the time? We don't want our kids to not be happy. And you see so many parents, they really want to be their, their child's buddy. So they don't, you know, they don't engage even in the discipline, but we're all, we're all about making sure that they're happy. So we don't want them to even experience adverse situations or have to learn things the hard way because we want to make it as easy for them as possible. Yeah, I would even, I would even take it one step further beyond just happiness and, uh, you know, giving our kids what they want. But it, it, it really did start with kind of the... Uh, uh, self-esteem mentality that we didn't want our kids to get down on themselves. We didn't want them to to, to feel bad about themselves. I, I really think that's where a lot of the, uh, you know, if it is in the sports arena, you know, no one's no one's a loser, right? Uh, YMCA sports or whatever, uh, you know, small small group sports that the kids play. You know, no no scores are kept. No one knows who who wins or loses because we didn't want to hurt the kids self-esteem. They didn't want to feel bad about themselves or be down after the game. So, yeah, definitely the, the pendulum had swung, I would say, uh, maybe 80s, early early 90s probably, that uh, when, when a lot of this was going on that we didn't want kids to, to feel bad. So let's start uh, removing winning and losing and, and have fun. And, yeah, it's all about you. Go you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess locking my kids in the basement for two hours is not good for their self-esteem. I wish I would have known that. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. And then we think that when they make it into the real world and all of a sudden their self-esteem is not, you know, edified, that, that they're going to be okay all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and they translate. I mean, what we don't realize now that they are entering the work, workplace is, they're translating what they've grown up learning and understanding and that everything was about them and, and not feeling bad, that now they're having to uh, figure this out in the workplace and a career and job, and they're realizing, oh, my boss doesn't care about my feelings and my emotions. He wants me to <laughs> perform and work hard, and um, that's that's where the, um, I don't know, the dichotomy, so to speak, or the, the paradox of this this generation and what, what they've grown up around and what, what they've been surrounded by and the way that we've influenced them as adults and parents and leaders. Well, you know what, Ryan, we have less than a minute, and as we go into our next segment, we want to kind of talk about maybe how this the Y generation approach is even working this day because there's a totally different lens on how they approach their first day on the job and, and how they look at work and, and then the, the loyalty factor, all of that, which is so significant 
for us as, as the, the Y and baby boomer generation to knowing as the employers and even how to work with them, how to manage them, how to encourage them. So as we come back, we're going to be talking with Ryan Bennett even more about the Y generation and why they are so distinct and how do we really communicate and work together. So stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinlock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginap.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Uh, thanks for joining us today as we're having a stimulating conversation as we're talking about the Y generation. And those are the, the, uh, the people, kids that are born between 1980, 1995, somewhere in there. And we have been talking with Ryan Bennett, who is a youth pastor who deals and works um, in, a, in the trenches with the Y generation. And, Ryan, you have some great insight um, sharing. We've just been talking about some of the differences, but let's kind of go into what has got – this Y generation to this point and, and with some of their thinking and, and how they're viewing life. Can you kind of dis- dissect that for us? Yeah, I've, 
I've realized in, in recent years I've been really drawn to um, really what we're talking about, like what, what makes people who they are, uh, why they are the way they are. When I go to conferences and stuff like that, I'm really drawn to the speakers that have kind of uh, done their studies and done their, done their research, um, which is really weird because I'm not a numbers person, but I've really enjoyed um, kind of, I guess it's uh, really just the human nature, like what's, what's got us to this point. And uh, in, in reading about this generation and studying about them, um, a few things that I was like, wow, I don't think I ever really thought about that or, or realized that. Um, just things in history over the past uh, probably even century or so that, that has happened uh, in our society in America, uh, one being even the development of high school, that when you think back to you know early 1900s, uh, classrooms were all ages. Um, a high school-aged kid was in with a third or fourth grader and probably helping uh, him or her study and learn and grow, and mm-hmm. uh, as as time has gone as time had gone on, uh, the development of high school started and it, and it became kind of segregated. Um, and then you've got other elements, obviously, uh, Great Depression. Uh, you've got wars and, and kids going off to war and stuff like that. But you also, um, what happened was this age kids um, became segregated. Uh, and became kind of their own unit. It, even even the term adolescence hadn't come into effect uh, until the early 1900s. So they became their own uh, they became their own demographic and started being focused on and worked on. And so it's almost like we don't realize it now in 2011, but even in the early 1900s, it's like it started uh, this mentality of let's focus on them, and it was all about a me me mentality. Hi, uh, schools were no longer multi-generational and, and uh, cohesive. It was just that age hanging out, hanging out together. That was kind of one of my most profound um, statements that I came across with, with this IY generation. Well, and because of that, you see it even in our worship at churches where you want them to have that multi-generational experience and come in and worship, you know, with the adults and with the, the grandparents, etc. They want to be in their own place with their own peers. It's like, ugh, I don't want to go in there. Yeah, and and a lot of youth groups are designed that way, that they have their own youth service and their own meeting. And, you know, many times they might even have their own building, right, that's separate from from the main building. And um, yet again, that's just kind of reinforcing this mentality that, you know, it's all about us and they never get to be a part uh, of the large body of the whole whole congregation and see see everyone worshiping together. So, yeah, that's that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a lot of people out there listening that, that either are parents of this generation or maybe in a ministry or maybe on a job that are working with um, the Y generation. Can you address some of it, even from um, just from the working angle, when you have somebody working with you, what are some of the expectations even in the workforce that you're seeing, some of the trends? Uh, say that again, like uh, trends in the workforce from them, from that generation? Like, like, they value loyalty. You know, like the generations before, you, you would get a job and you'd stay there for life. You'd retire. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, what is, like my dad, you know, retired after 35 years or something with the same company. You just don't see that anymore. How is that affecting even the workplace? Um, we've we've kind of touched on it a little bit. They're definitely they're graduating college and they're looking for – First of all, the way they're looking for a career is different. They see that sometimes uh, maybe our parents and their parents have done a job that they don't necessarily love, and they are doing it 
to make money. Um, and so they're looking for that perfect job, that, that job that is going to make them happy and successful and make them a lot of money. They want to be making, uh, you know, six figures right out of the door and not have to earn it. Um, the other funny quote I remember from the book, they want to make six figures and they want to put it on YouTube, right? They want to, they want everyone to know about it. And so kind of their, their social media is, uh, is at a peak. So yeah, they're, they're really looking for different stuff than, than what our generations and the generations before, uh, used to look for when it came to a job and a career. So, um, You guys there? Yeah, we just Okay, left. sorry. I thought, thought I got cut off there for a minute. <laughs> we thought that you wanted, like, to go get coffee, you know, get <laughs> yep. in gratification somewhere. <laughs> that you were bored with us, that you were no longer committed to our show of staying with us, that you sat down something better. So, you know. Find <laughs> your back, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Here's the thing. Um, why do you think? Because I, I know, like, some are, it's interesting because, like, we're talking about the whole work thing. Like, if if they're in a job and it's not fulfilling or they're not getting the validation that they like, they're not having fun, they don't like it, they will quit. But what is interesting to me is a lot of times they'll quit without having another job. Mm-hmm. And to me, it seems to put that creates more crisis and, and stress where I think some of us before, it's like you, you don't quit something unless you have something to, to go into. But oh, it's but they, almost like that I'm very confident in my ability that I can get something right away. So I'm going to quit this because I'm not being fulfilled, um, and I will find something else. Do, do you see that where maybe there's this overconfidence? Maybe that comes from because there's no winners or losers, and everybody, you know, you're just great. We've over um, – you know, kind of overindulge their self-esteem. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're starting to see how all this is tying together. They go into an interview um, with the mentality that this job or this corporation should be happy to have me instead of the other way around. Um, They also have the mentality, like I said, of, of, um, you know, the moment they step in the door, let's pat myself on the back because I got the, you know, got this job and, and, um, this, this mentality of, of go me. The, the flip side of that is, you're right, even if they don't have another job or anywhere else to go, they're okay with that because they've still got mommy and daddy. And you know what? If they quit their job and they're 26, they're going to they're gonna move back home and they're going to they're gonna live with mom and dad, which I think even those statistics are higher than they've ever been of uh, the college graduates, you know, still, still living at home with mom and dad, mom and dad still supporting them uh, when, you know, previous times it was uh uh-uh, uh you're you're out of the house you're on your own and so uh you know they had to they had to work for it so yeah it's definitely all about me someone's going to take care of me um you guys should be glad that I'm working for you uh all that has been built by uh kind of that self-esteem mentality that we the the lies that society has told them that it is all about you that you're special that uh, that you can have everything you want now <laughs> Well, and that is such a good point, especially the mommy and daddy syndrome, because our when we grew up, you know, we had an okay relationship with our parents, but this generation, their parents are, are their best friends, so it's okay to move in with mom and dad because they're, they're like a roommate, and um, I think it is funny because that is one of, because mommy has always praised them so much, they are still in their 
going into their 20s wanting that recognition from mom. They, they're getting it from their Facebook friends, and then they also want to tell mom about it. So um, And rent-free, so why not, you know? <laughs> well, and I think that what happens in it, what creates stress in the workplace, and is they're not, you know, the real world is not always that positive on the job. You know, they're not always just going, we are so, you know, fortunate to have you, and you're just incredible. You don't get those positive affirmations every day. Well, and it's funny because I did talk to a youth kid that he just had, had a job, and he was hustling and moving, you know, um, boxes from one place to the next, and he was really felt like he was challenging himself and moving quickly. And the boss walked by and said, you, you know, you need to hustle. You need to hurry up because we have so-and-so coming in the store and those boxes have to be stocked. And he was ready, you know, to quit because instead of getting that appraisal of, wow, you are doing fabulous mm-hmm. and, you know, those boxes look great. I mean, just that 30-second praise, if that boss would know we're dealing with a wide generation person here. All it would take is a little bit of praise and it would move him forward. But instead, since it was, you know, a negative comment, then they're ready to quit. They're ready to not go back there because they don't, they're not appreciated. And at one point we can either be a part and be that boss that gives them that one minute, you know, praise, or we can be that person that's going to deflate them because it's like, Hey, buck up this is the real world and you might not be the best thing since sliced bread, but it's, it's our choice in how we're going to deal with that multi-generational, uh, you know, workplace. Well, and Ryan, we have less than two minutes to close out this, this segment. And then when we come back, we'll, we'll talk about some a kind of a different angle a little bit, but as we wind down this on parenting, is there a special tip or something you can leave for parents on this whole issue of, the self-esteem and, and encouraging your your kids. Is there something you would leave here? Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, I mean, I've kind of touched on what we're calling lies that society has talked about, and I would say if you have um, any influence in this generation, whether it be a parent or working with them in the schools, a coach, uh, whatever it be, just guard the way we do talk to them. I mean, we can encourage them, um, but to, you know, to tell them that they can have anything they want, uh, do anything, be anything they want to be is, I mean, it sounds somewhat self-degrading, but I mean, at the same time, I think we've got to be realistic with uh, presenting truth uh, to these kids and, and telling them uh, really what they what they need to know instead of what we think uh, they want to know. And so, um yeah, just just guarding them in the truth, I think, instead of uh, dispelling these lies that society has been uh, shaping them with up to this point. And that is such a great, it goes back to truth, right? <laughs> yeah. Imagine that, the truth. <laughs> and so, you know what, just in a few seconds, I think we are afraid of the truth because truth hurts sometimes and we're afraid of conflict and we're afraid to just, to, to be able to guide and love and tell the the truth so we avoid it and like you said and it leads to these lies and just kind of twisting things so um, as we come back we're going to keep talking about this why generation and why so stay with us we'll be right back with Ryan Bennett and this is Patty and Lisa
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it radio right after these. Whether you're four and a half or 100, you can retrain your brain. Learning RX, the radio show, is on Toginet.com. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time with Martin Kruger. Learning RX programs are quick, they're efficient, they're life changing, and they're permanent. Unlike tutoring, cognitive skills training or brain training targets the root issue causing learning struggles. Time and money spent on chronic tutoring is a clear signal of cognitive skill deficiency. That's where Learning RX comes in. Call today, 903 617 6899. 903-617-6899. Then join us for the show here every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And take advantage of the power it holds to improve your life. There are so many brain training issues that Learning RX can help you with. It's not a product, it's an experience. So join us for Learning RX, the radio show with Martin Kruger. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Season Me is on Toginet. A delightful, thoughtful, serious, and not-so-serious call-in show with Cecil Murphy and Twyla Belk. Tuesday nights at 8, 7 Central on Toginet.com. You know Cease is the veteran author from 90 Minutes in Heaven, Gifted Hands, When a Man You Loved Was Abused, and many other books, as well as a mentor for writers. And Twyla Belk is an effervescent force known as the Gotta Tell Somebody Gal. She's also a writer and motivational speaker who's always bragging on God. For more on Cecil Murphy, go to his website, Cecil Murphy, that's P-H-E-Y dot com. And for Twyla, GottaTellSomebody.com. The show, Season Me, is a far-reaching, faith-based, shared conversation and call-in show with questions welcome. A chance to get everything out in the open. From questions about writing, to surviving sexual abuse, to the topics of the day. All from a Christian worldview to help you. Season Me, Cecil Murphy, Twyla Belk. Tuesday evenings at 8, 7 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriend It with Lisa and Patty, and we've just been having a fascinating conversation, if I do say so myself, (laughs) uh, with Ryan Bennett, and he has been giving us some great tips on what do we do with the Y generation, and Ryan, you ended the last segment with presenting truth, um, that we need to quit guarding them from the truth, and that basically society has, we're kind of raising these kids with some lies. Can you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, right. Right before we went to break, uh, even even the show American Idol popped in my head as a great uh, depiction of the lies we tell people. I mean, when those uh, kids and young adults are trying out, even the ones that uh, American Idol shows the the horrible tryouts, uh, somewhere along the way, whether it was a parent, a friend, uh, a coach, someone told them that these kids were good. When yeah. in all actuality, these voices are horrible. You know, and, and Simon actually lets them know. He he tells them the truth. Um, so I mean, even to think of that perspective that oh yeah, you're great, you can do it, you should go try out. It's like no, you probably shouldn't. Let's let's be real here. Um, 
But here, here are some of the uh, uh, in Tim Elmore's book IY Generation. These are some of the uh, lies that he says um, our society is is telling this generation. Uh, one we've already talked about: you can be anything you want to be, uh, right? Grow up. You can you can be the president if you want to be. Which you know, not to negate that, there are people that are going to pursue that, but you probably can't be anything you want to be if you you know had that dream as a little kid. You know, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. So I can't be anything I want to be. Uh, another one is it's your choice, uh, right? I, similar situation. Um, you you make the calls. That's where I think we've given kids a lot of um, just perception that they can do and be and obviously choose anything uh, they want to do. This one sounds bad because it's like I'm not supposed to tell my kid this, but you are special. Um, and and here, here where that is coming from, if we're – continually, um, this is the self-esteem, right? This is the, the kid playing the YMCA soccer or whatever, um, that, that you are special. The world revolves around you. And I think we've gone from the 80, 90s pendulum is now swinging the other way. And we've gotten too self-focused, um, that, that this is where the kids definitely get the mentality that it is, uh, it's all about them. Um, this one we don't often think about. Every kid ought to go to college. Um, you know, there's kids that do great with, with tech and work and work with their hands. And, you know, every kid doesn't have to go to college. But that's in this generation, that is uh, what's expected. Uh, here's a huge one, especially with our fast food markets. You can have it now. Um, mm-hmm. If there's ever been a generation that is so um, immediately focused, right, that they're uh, instant gratification, right, that – you look at any element of their world, uh, music, they can have it now, clothes, they can have it now, they can shop on anything online, go through a, a fast food restaurant, microwaves. I mean, everything is, is instant gratification. You can have it, uh, you can have it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, six, you're a winner just because you participated. Uh, again, going back to walk in any kid's room and I'll see trophies galore, not because he got first, second, or third, but because he, he participated. So, um, and uh, the last one that he says in his book is you can get you can get whatever you want. Kind of going back to the first one, you can be anything you want to be. Uh, you can get anything you want. Probably not necessarily true. You can't have the six-figure job coming right out of graduation. Right. Well, you know what's interesting? You're talking about that. You can get whatever you want. My daughter graduated from, like, business school at, at ASU. And in, throughout, you know, their their time there in school – they were promised, you know, when you get this degree, you will graduate with, you know, almost six figures job. It's going to be there for you. You'll be so prepared. You're going to be all this. And then when she graduates, when the economy tanks and those jobs aren't out there, those, you know, and those kids are devastated because you promised me this throughout my college career that this job would be waiting for me with this certain expectation. And it is. We have told them, you know, it, it, it's kind of your right. You are you deserve yeah. this. Yeah, graduation because... equals job. Exactly. Yeah. I, actually heard a, I actually heard a news story six to eight months ago of a, of a girl that was suing her university uh, because she hadn't had, hadn't had a job yet. Wow. So instead of understanding that, you know, your college degree got you an education, not a job, uh, mm-hmm. She misinterpreted that and was suing her college for not having a job X number of you know months after college. And that's another good point because it's the entitlement. This generation, yeah. if I don't get what I want because I've been told I'm going to get what I want, 
then it must not be my fault. It's your fault. So therefore, I'm going. I'm going to sue you. Yeah. yeah. It's always an out of how can I get the money, get the instant gratification, and where we would have never even thought of that. Yeah. Suing your school if you didn't get a job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and don't you find that this generation doesn't like to be corrected? I mean, none of us really do, but they especially don't like to be corrected because they have been told these lies by society. You can do anything. You are awesome just for participating. So then when we say, you know, we need to do something here, we, 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 they bristle. We all do, but especially because of how they've been raised and, and what they, the voices that have been, you know, what the voices have been telling them as they're growing up. 